Let's get started. Yesterday's daf was number seven. Wait, uh, seventeen. Today's number eighteen, and we'll do a review of yesterday's daf. Get to today's. We are learning for Shlema for Das Vesranya. It's a bunch of other people. Whoever else needs her for. Michal Aviva, Bas, Yudis, Yudis Basara, Rachelia Basara, David Michal Ben Torah, Yaakov Pinchas Ben Chayeta, and Yosef Bimina. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, we're starting a review of yesterday's stuff. We started off uh, talking about Ketzer Merakdin Lefnei Akala. It's a machlokas. Even how to dance in front of a kala is a machlokas. Okay. Uh, uh, the question is, what do you say? So according to um, according to Bishamai, you must be accurate. You cannot say anything that will embellish or be anything that might come to be, be considered false. And according to Basil. You can say, in general, Kalanova Chazuta, that she is a fine, a beautiful bride. So Bishamay said to Hillel, how is that legal, what you're doing? Doesn't the Torah say, hey, what if she's lame? What if she's blind? You're going to say she's a Kalanova Chazuta? How could you say that? Uh, doesn't the Torah say, Mitvar Sheker Tirchak, that you need to distance yourself from lies? So uh, Hillel said to Bishamay, according to you, when somebody makes a purchase... Even if it's a mekachra, are you going to praise it in his in, in his eyes, or are you going to shame shame it in his eyes? It's already too late. You have to say positive. So that's the again. If you had to pick one machlokas that epitomizes the difference between Bisham and Bishilal, this really stands out as like a, an example of what the you know their the views their life views are. Okay, and still they they married each other. They married into yeah, each other. I don't know what they said at the wedding, though. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The daughters of one married the, the right, the sons of the other. They 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 did not. They married into each other. Would you like to be at that one? But we see how they can marry. They have tremendous respect for one another. Yeah, they always kept a lot of respect, but uh, you know, because it's an important perspective. But again. Like I said, I think this this machlok really epitomizes their yeah, the viewpoints. They, they agree to this. Right, right. All right. Um, anyway, so um, uh, the, from this they say that a person should always uh, have the mindset that is ureves and mabrios that that gets along with people, um, and uh, that's the concept of Beis Hillel's teaching. Okay. Uh, Rav Dimi said that uh, they used to shear, uh, they used to sing before the bride in Eretz Yisrael. That even without any makeup, without any uh, extras, she has such uh, grace. Um, and they used that expression that they used for the bride. They used such expressions, similar expressions, when it came to uh, having the granting smicha to various of the the various rabbanim. So we have uh, Rabbi Zera. They sang the same line. Apparently, it was a song, a tune. Um, I'm surprised that uh, the modern singers didn't put, you know, make this one. <laughs> they, they, uh, they're always like looking for a source for a good, uh, good song material, good song words. They didn't pick this one up. Found a bride without makeup. That's one. Yeah, that's. Right. <laughs> I think it doesn't. Lie. <laughs> Maybe it's just not relevant. Okay. Anyway. 
All right. When um, when the, uh, then uh, when the rabbis uh, did smicha to Ravami and Ravasi, they said any of these people we should always want want to do smicha for, um, not any of the sarmisim, which are people who like provide, you know, they 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 negate the halachas with their opposite reasonings, uh, or the sarmitin, which are like don't stand up for themselves. It's like a sarmit is like a shmata. Uh, Chamisin, Rashi says, they only give a fifth of the explanation. They sort of don't explain themselves. And uh, the Tormisin, Rashi says, I'm not really sure what Tormisin are. Rashi, Chamas, you know, people who are not honest or whatever. What? What did you say? He says, Anashim Rekonim. Rekonim, empty people. I'm saying, it brings down here, that Gossit's Yunim, the Aruch, that Chamas is that... um, anyway, no, it's just uh, that that's what, what it's uh, that's what he says. All right. Anyway, bottom line is we don't want unsavory characters to uh, be rabbis. That's the concept. Okay, Rabbi Vo, when he you would won't have any rabbis. Good, good. All right, Rabbi Vo, when he came from the when he came from Yeshiva to the house of the Caesar, so the mother of the Caesar used to sing about him. And so like, well, look, look, the leader of his the, the rabbi of his nation, the leader of his of the Ummah, the, the shining light, may your blessing may your coming be a blessing for peace. Um, so, uh, and that was because Rabbi Vo was so, he had a, like a radiance to him, akin to Rabbi Yochanan from the previous generation, who was akin, going back to Yaakov Avinu, going back to Adam Arishon, basically. Okay, uh, said about Rabbi Yudah Barbaloi, that he used to dance in front of the Kala with a myrtle branch um, and sing Kala Nova Chasuda. Uh, Rav Shmuel Rav Yitzchak used to dance, used to do a juggling. Zero said, you know, Zaydi's embarrassing us. He looks, uh, he's acting so silly. Um, but when he died, he was uh, clear, but they had a pillar of fire that was visible. And you can't, you never have that unless the person is either the number one person in the generation or the number two person in the generation. So Zaydi says, you see that uh, the, the, the st- either the three, three versions of what, what he said, either the uh, the stick of the hadas that he played, that he danced with, helped him. Others say that it was his foolishness, and the other is says that it was his shita. It's all from the same word, shutise, shtuse, or shitase. Um, helped him get, get to that level. Karav Acha used to um, carry the bride on his shoulders and dance. And uh, the rabbanon says, "Can we do that?" And he's like, "If it's to you, like a, just the, the just like a beam." Then also, but if not, not meaning you're completely devoid of any inappropriate thoughts. Um, Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani said in the name of Rabbi Yonasan that you can even gaze at the Kala for the seven days of Sheva Brachas to make her beloved to her husband, but that's not the halacha. We don't paskin like that. Um, we um, when it comes to priorities, and uh, they used to have they used to dance with the Kala in the streets. And they used to carry the dead in the streets. So what if they're at a crossroads and one needs to pass first? So what do you do? So um, they so the kala takes precedence and is allowed to pass in front of the dead, you know. But in general, everyone else lets the lets the entourage for the dead go go in front. I don't know if you we still have this minute today. 
by uh, by Levias, you know, when there's uh, the train of cars going, so they all put on their lights right. and they and they go through the red lights. Right. They don't stop, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's the fulfillment of this idea that in general, unless there's a chasana going the other way, they were allowed to go. They would take a, they they don't stop for anything. It's an interesting fulfillment of this, and that's what we're saying here. Okay, but both of them are uh, stand, stand aside for a, a, a Jewish king. However, that being said, Agrippus the king um, was passing in front of a kala, and he, meaning he, he let the kala go in front, and they chacham and praised him. So the question is, that's not right what he did. Why would they praise him for this? Um, even if you hold the Nasi Shemachal Kvoto, his Kvoto Machal, he could forgive his honor, but not a king, uh, not a melech. Uh, as the Pazuk says, on Tosim Alecha Melech, has to have the fear, and so it's not really up to him to forgive his, his honor. The difference is, is that there was a way that he made it look like it wasn't a slight to his honor. He made believe that he was making a turn there anyway. It was like a, a, a so if he would have stayed on the same road, it was a, it was basically a fork in the road. If he would have stayed on that same road, he would have went into the kala and would have, you know, stopped the kala from passing by. So he went on the opposite on the other road. So as to avoid that, so that was it was preempted. <coughs> in a sense. So it didn't look like he was. So it didn't look like he was mochel on his cover, but the fact that he had that foresight, uh, they praised him for that. The mavato tamatora even for tzos ames and achnas haskala. Now, what is? Um, so they said about Rabbi Yehuda he used to be mavato tamatora for tzos ames and achnas haskala. And when is that? When there isn't enough, uh, when there is, they don't, the, the people who are doing the honor of, uh, are, they, there's not enough there. Uh, but if there is full, the, all, the whole need, so then we're not mavato. What is called sarcha? What is the entire need of the, of the hausa carrying out the dead? So, Rashmo uh, Barini said the name of Rav, 12,000 men, and 6,000, plus an additional 6,000 criers or announcers or chauffeur blowers. It's not really clear what their role is. Um, so it's basically a total of 18,000, according to the first version. Others say that it's 13,000 men and amongst them was 6,000 shipori. Anyway, um, Ula says, no, uh, no a, a full line of men from the gates of the city till the burial place. Can't be, you know, it has to fill up the whole area. Um, and Rav Sheshes or Rav says, you know what, when a soul is taken, it's like when the Torah is given, and it needs to be with a full 600,000. And anything less than full 600,000 people at the Leviah is, um, means that there's an obligation to go. Now, Gemara qualifies that that's only for somebody who learns and studies Mishnayas, he learns Chumash, Mikra, and Mishnah. But, uh, if he, but if he taught, so then, the, then none of these limits do apply. Everyone is Mavatal Kamatar for of somebody who taught Torah. Because that's like a, no shear. There's no limit. Um, mentioned yesterday that there's a dispute actually, what do you do if somebody's not learned at all? Um, then, you know, where, where is that limit? Is that, that remains actually unclear. Okay. Um, at least a million. At least a million, for sure. But the uh, question is, that what's, what is the cold circle? It doesn't define yeah. cold circle. Okay. Um, what it, what it, we said that if at the wedding there was uh, Adam that she went out with what's called a hinuma, so then they know it was a wedding of a virgin. Now, what is a hinuma? So Sorcha Bar Papa says that it was um, basically a, a, a circle of, of myrtle branches 
and Rabbi Yudha says it was the veil, basically, that she could sleep behind if she's tired. And that's the, hence the Lashon Hinuma, it's like a nap. Minamnem. Minamnem, right. Rabbi Yochum says the handing out of the, of the kernels of that the wheat that they used to throw. So in, um, in uh, Yehuda, that would be a proof. That's how they behave. What about in Bavel? So every place has their own minhagim. <coughs> so they would have some oil they would put on the heads of the rabbis, some like perfume. So our papa said, it's uh, right, the oil of uh, basically some that we use for chuppah. Um, is that what you're talking about? So he's like, what, you never heard of? He's like, he was asking, this is Rav Papa asking Abaya, do you mean this type, the one that's used by weddings? And he's like, what, you never, your mom didn't do that for you? I mean, that's a basic thing. Um, um, and that's a story about one of the rabbis who was making a shidduch in, by Rabbi Barula. It was Rabbi Barula by the other uh, rabbis sh- uh, making a shidduch with him. Um, and they put uh, this oil. Um, now, what about by a widow? The widow, they don't have any, give out any of the toasted kernels, and that's the simon that she was a widow. Rabbi Yeshua then said that he admits that, although I argue in the previous Mishnayas, but over here I'll agree that to this din, that if a person says that this field used to belong to your, your father, but I bought it off of him, even if he doesn't have proof, he'll be believed. Because of the idea that it's called a Pesha Azar or a Pesha Hitir. So the question is, why did he have to talk about that case of the father? Why not talk about, I bought this field, used to belong to you, I bought it off of you. Um, so the Gemara says, yeah, but we want to get to the last part, the second part, that if there's witnesses that it was his, then he said that he bought it off him, then he wouldn't be believed. Now, why would he not be believed? It depends on the circumstance. Even if there are witnesses that it belonged to this guy, um, did he have his years of Chazaka? So then, of course, he should be believed. Did he not have the years of Chazaka? It's partially he wouldn't be believed. You need your documents. Your, it, the understanding is, is that you should hold on to your documents for the first three years. Um, and, uh, you know, just in case he makes a macha. But uh, after three years, no, with a complete no, no showing that, you know, no, no, not waking up. So he can wake up on year four and start saying, well, what happened was not acceptable. Okay, so... Why, um, and what, what's the case by the father? <laughs> you know, why is it the same question you could ask on the father? It was, if he had the years of Chazaka, so why wouldn't he be believed? If he didn't, so then why, if it's, it's too obvious. The answer is, is that when it comes to the father, there is an extra Chiddush, because you could tell, say that there were two years while the father was alive, and the third year, that was while the son was alive, and it's teaching Rav Huna, Rav Huna's din, that uh, the Chazaka cannot be established during the time when it belongs to the child even if he's older, um, because he doesn't know the affairs of his father. That's the idea. And so the Gemara is asking, what does Rav Huna is trying to teach us, what the Mishnah is exactly talking about? So either Rav Huna is saying that, look, it's not very explicit in the Mishnah, he's teaching you this diet, that's number one. Alternatively, um, his Chiddush is, even if the child's an adult, that's not hinted at in the Mishnah, even if the child becomes an adult, you can't establish, you still cannot establish Kazakh, and that's not explicit. <coughs> so the Gemara is saying we could still talk, that's the, that's the extra, and that's the extra Chiddush. Why not talk about the son himself, the person himself, and talk about that there was two years when he was there, and then one year he ran away. The question is, why did he run away? If he ran away because his life was threatened, so of course you can't establish Kazakh, it's also too obvious. Um, if he, and if he was... Uh, um, 
because uh, he has no opportunity to set up a machal, to really disappear. If it's because of money, so then um, he could have, he should have made a machal. And if he didn't, then uh, then it's too bad on him. Um, as the pasuk says, um, then the mission it's the mission actually <coughs> that there are three regions when it comes to establishing chazakas: Yehuda, Yarden, and Galil. And if the person was in Yehuda and made a chazak in Galil, or the other way around, um, it's not a good chazaka unless they're in the same Medina. And the question is, what's the idea? Is a machoshel b'fanav a good machah or not? So we explained that really machoshel b'fanav is um, um, is a good machah, um, and uh, that's where Abba Bar explains. Um, but uh, the mission is talking about in a time when they you, there wasn't really a crossover between these regions, and the reason why it says Yudah and Galil as the example is because it was quite common that they. The two regions were not, you know, were were at odds with each other, and therefore you would uh, not be able to uh, quickly, you know, the, a, a message of macho wasn't necessarily going to easily be coming from one to the other, and that is what we got up yesterday.